see there's, there's, this is such a rich passage. There's, there's a lot to mine, if you like, and, and, and to draw from. And uh, I think this is what I've appreciated this time about going through Ephesians, just having the flexibility to home in on a few passages in more detail, looking at some scriptures in more detail. And that's what we're going to do this morning. I've, I've gone back to read my notes that I made and Jess's message just to make sure I'm not going to repeat what he said. Though that's not a bad thing because we do forget what's said in, uh, in services and sermons. So uh, maybe a little bit, but uh, not much rep repetition. So Ephesians 5, I want to read verses 1 to 14. Therefore be followers of God as dear children and walk in... In love, that's, uh, Jez really homed in on that. Walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us. An offering and a, and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were once darkness. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness and truth. Proving what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. We'll finish there. Darkness and light are key themes in the scriptures. And both darkness and light have two aspects in, in the word of God. One aspect of darkness and light is truth and error. The psalmist said, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. He was saying, the word of God is the light. And that light lights how we are to live. So the word of God is truth. The light is truth. The opposite of light, darkness, means error, falsehood, deceit, false teaching. The other aspect of light and darkness refers to behavior, moral behavior. And so light refers to holiness, godly living, righteous living, good living, Christ-like living, living that pleases God. So darkness is unholy living, ungodly living. Living with works which are not godly, not Christ-like. 
Romans 13, 12, I've, I've skipped a couple of references there. Romans 13, verse 12, says this. The night is far spent, the day is at hand, therefore let us, let us cast off the works of darkness, its behavior, it's, it's things that are not fitting for a Christian, and let us put on the armor of light. That's speaking about how we live, isn't it? Our, our actions and everything about how we live. Our behavior is not to be of the dark, but to be of the light. So living in the light means living in the truth of God's word, not living in error, being falsely taught or anything like that, but living in the truth. And it means living a godly life, a holy life, righteous. And in Ephesians 5, verse 8, Paul says this, and this is sort of our text, but we'll go around, around about it as well. For you were once darkness but now you are light in the Lord walk as children of light you were once darkness that, that was in the past darkness in the truth you, our, our minds were blind darkened to the truth and we were living according to the darkness so our behavior was not Christ-like. That's what he's saying. You were once, but now you are. So what Paul is saying is there has been a radical change in your life, if you are a Christian. That's happened to you. That change is spelt out very, very vividly by Paul in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 12. Colossians 1, 12 and 13. giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. He's delivered us. Deliverance is a very rich theme Throughout the Bible, there are three Hebrew words that can be translated deliverance or rescue. And one of those words is used 353 times in the Old Testament. 353 times. It comes a lot. And it always and invariably speaks of God delivering his people. And it's the same in the New Testament. We have been delivered by God's gracious, loving care and kindness. And Colossians 1.13 says what we're delivered from. We've been delivered from the realm, the power of darkness, the realm of darkness. When you, when you put your trust in, in Christ, you were delivered. That moment you were delivered from the realm of darkness. And I was delivered from, we were delivered from sin and, and, and from judgment, from hell, the power of sin in our lives, but we were delivered from the, the realm of darkness and we were transferred into the realm of light. That's the word of God, says that. So that was a massive act of deliverance. 
massive act that God has done for you and for me. So how then do we walk as children of light in a dark world? Who are we looking for, Margaret? Are we looking for anybody? Um, Hannah. <laughs> Come on, Colin, can't you recognize that cry? <laughs> 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 okay. yeah. How do we walk as children of light in a dark world? How do we live? I want to draw some things from this passage which I believe w will be helpful. Three things we need to do to follow if we're to walk as children of light. Firstly, know your true nature. Know your true nature. Verse 8. Who, for you were once... Sorry, I'm in the wrong, I'm in the wrong book. Wait a minute. 5 verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light. Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say, for you were once in darkness. But you were once darkness. Now, it's true, we were once in darkness. We were. But that's not what it says. For you were once darkness, but now you are light. You're not just in the light. You are light. But you were once Darkness. In other words, darkness was your nature. Darkness was in you. Characterized you. And me. We were darkness. That's in the past. Now he says, you are light. I'm going to show in a moment that you, as a Christian, you cannot walk in darkness. You cannot walk in darkness. I'll show that in a moment. So Jesus said to his disciples... You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Cannot be hidden. We are the light of the world. That's why we're called children of light. Children of the day. Wonderful titles. Descriptions. So know your true nature. Secondly, live up to your identity. Live up to your identity. Verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. You were once darkness. That's no longer true of you. And now you are light. So be who you are. Live up to that light. The, the, the Christian life is simply becoming what you are. What you already are in Christ. It's living it out. There's an old film, I was reminded of this. There's an old film, The Million Pound Note, with Gregory Peck in it. Some of you are too young to remember that. Some of you are too old to remember that. And Gregory Peck, just an ordinary guy, he's given a million pound note, specially printed million pound note. Genuine million pound note. And it was part of a wager between two very rich guys who thought they'd have a bit of fun, really. And it was like a social experiment. What would happen? He didn't know that in the film, the, the character he was playing. And so he had this million-pound note, and even though he couldn't spend it, 
because it was miles too much money. No one could you know, give even the change for it, whatever it was. And, and this was in 1950s. This, this was mega sum. Even though he couldn't spend it, people treated him as a millionaire. Gave him all sorts of things because he was a millionaire. Even though he, he, it wasn't his. It actually belonged to somebody else. And in the film, things go wrong and uh, people start to get suspicious and he gets into trouble. And, and it works out all right because it's Hollywood. So everything worked out in the end and uh, everything was covered. But it was, it was good. It's a good film. Treated as what he was. And as Christians, we have been given this amazing, wonderful gift. And it doesn't belong to us in a way. It belongs to God, but he's given it to us. That it was referred to earlier, I think Judith referred to it, the beautiful righteousness of Christ, light. And because of that, we are in the light, and we are light, and we are to live as those who are in the light. You see, if you're a Christian, walk in the light. Whether you, and in fact, as a Christian, you walk in the light whether you like it or not. That's your privilege. That's almost your, that is your status in Christ. Jesus made that clear. Let me just look at John 8, verse 12. John 8, verse 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. Right? But have the light of life. Follow there conveys the idea of continual following. Giving themselves completely. So this is speaking of a Christian, a follower, a disciple. If you are a disciple of Jesus, you walk in the light. Now as far as I understand it, a Christian not only does not walk in, the light, in darkness, a Christian cannot walk in darkness. A Christian cannot walk in darkness. You say, what about when I sin? You know, aren't I walking in darkness then? Well, when you sin, you're doing, you're doing the works of darkness, but you're doing the works of darkness while you're walking in the light. You're still walking in light, but you're doing works of darkness in the, in the light. The Christian can never stop walking in the light because we are light. We've got the light of the world living in us. Friends, that, that's why you feel your sin. That's why I feel my sin. When I sin, and, I, 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 and it grieves us. The Holy Spirit, who is life, he, he, light and life, he, he stirs our hearts and he, he gives us this grieving thought. We, we're hurting, we've got, we, we, and guilty thought. We've broken God's word. We've, we're doing works of darkness, and yet we're, we're, we're children of light. That's what John says in just quickly 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5 and 7. 1 John 1, 5 and 7. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, if we say that we're really Christians, we've got a relationship with God and that we have, have this wonderful friendship with God, if we say that and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. You're not saved. 
That's what he's saying. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So if someone is perpetually living in darkness, as it were, the works of darkness, and they're professing to be a saved, a Christian, they're not a Christian. They can't be. That, that's, that's what he's saying. If I'm continually living in that light, in that darkness, and, and, and living it out, that's, that's the thought, continuous, habitual, it's not one-off sinning, this is habitual sin, then that my profession is not real. It can't be. And that's, we are, that's why we are to walk as children of light. We're to live up to our calling. Does your life reflect light or darkness? Does your, do your thoughts reflect light, godliness, holiness, or darkness? Does your private life reflect light or darkness? Does your family life, your marriage life, your work life? If you are truly born again, you will live as a child of light. And then the third point is this. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Have no, have no fellowship. That means don't even... Associate yourself in any way. You should have no part with us, with me. Any works of darkness. It's shameful, he says, verse 12. It's shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. We are to walk as children of light. That's a tremendous truth. We're to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. We're not to engage in them. We're not to practice them. They're not to become part of our lives. We've got to put them off. And what are the fruitless deeds of darkness? As the NIV puts it, Paul's mentioned them. Verse 3 and 4. This is a, a, an example of them. Ephesians 5, verse 3 and 4. But fornication and all uncleanness... Or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. What does it mean, not fitting? It just means improper. It's unbecoming. We're Christian. Those things should have no part. There are three no's in verse 3. Quickly through them. First of all, no fornication. No to fornication. It's the Greek word poneia, from which of course we get pornography, but it means more than that. Sexual immorality. Anything like that. It refers to all sexual activity outside of marriage. Even within loving relationships. Talking about sexual activity before marriage or outside of marriage. Which the Bible says is not God's will. It's part of the darkness. There are many references to that. I, I could have looked at Lowe's, but Colossians 3 verse 4 says this. Colossians 3, 4 to 6. 
When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth. And he mentions this, again, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. I know we've looked at this sometime this year, I can't remember just when, but it's worth saying again, God is not against sex. Sex is a design by God, created by God. But it's created by God as the intimate and pleasurable experience to be experienced within marriage. It's a beautiful thing when used as God intended. But God set boundaries. Keeping yourself pure sexually until you get married is an expression of real love for the person that you're going to marry someday if God's will is for you to marry. But it's to be within marriage. You know, it's so important to know that sex does not define us. It does not. We live in a secular world where, where actually that is the case because it's a sex-mad world. But the Bible shows that those who are sexually inactive because they want to please God can be and are fulfilled in Christ. Whether the single people or those who are separated or widows and widowers. Now that, that goes against our society, doesn't it? It's, it's totally against our society. This Western secular society which talks about and preaches and it's, it's everywhere, isn't it? That it? There's no restraint. Sexual activity, no restraint. And, and the, the danger is we, we compromise but we can't, we can't. Should culture define us and tell us what to do? Or God, who knows best? Well, God is a kind, loving, gracious, wonderful God. He's designed us. He knows what's best. He knows what's going to bless and, 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 and through which there is real satisfaction. And so God takes this very seriously. In fact, he goes up, Paul goes on to say, doesn't he? Is it verse, yeah, verse 5, for, Ephesians 5, verse 5, for this you know that no fornicator, this is the person who practices, and again, it's this thought of continuous, it's, it's, it's a part of their lifestyle. No fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. In other words, that lifestyle means that you're not a child of light. You cannot be. You can't be. That continued behavior. That's why we try to take this as seriously as we can as a church. And I was thinking back and been, we've had wonderful exp um, situations where people have been brought to Christ, praise God, come to faith in, in, in God, who've been living together. And, uh, but not married. And, and the question is, well, what should they do? And the simple answer would be, that some would say, well, stop living together, okay? What if they've been living together for years? What if they have children? What if one of them doesn't become a Christian? What if the non-Christian doesn't want to get married? And they've got children. We live in a very complex society. 
and there's some real tough pastoral issues. You know, you have to, how, how, how can you walk through people, with people on these things? But that's what we have to do. We have to work through with people and talk about it and share God's word. So in the past, I can think of situations where I've, I've, I've shared this. If someone's living together with a partner and is unmarried and, and, and they be, one of them becomes a Christian and they have a stable relationship, then it's my role as, as, a, as a pastor to walk that person through that, help them to see that it's God's will to be married and, and not to have that relationship outside of marriage and to seek God's forgiveness for that. And if it's a stable relationship, plan to get married. But in the meantime, to restrain from sexual activity. If they need to live apart, live apart. If they've got children, stay in the same home. But take steps not to, res to, to restrain from sexual intimacy until you can get married. But, but that's, one, that's one scenario. We have to be serious about these things. We have to work through these things. And show that God is serious. We have to be so careful that we want to please God in this. But look at verse 3 as well. He says, no, the second no, no to all uncleanness. Oh, that's a bit, that's just everything. Anything unclean. This is a wider word than, it, than fornication. So this actually speaks of immoral thoughts and lust. Any sexual impurity of the mind. That, that means I, I have to be careful what I watch. And you have to be careful what you read and look at and think about we, if we're going to walk as children of light. Not because God's this awful ogre who doesn't want us to have pleasure. God wants the best for us. He wants what pleases him. I know that I've got to say no to anything that's got to do with nudity. Absolutely, I can't. And I, I, I've, I've experienced... The sad fall of, 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 of just falling into that and, you, and, and immediately get in your thoughts and your mind and, and being apart from God and having to confess that. God's wise. He knows what's best. That's why he calls them unfruitful works of darkness. Verse 11, they're unfruitful. They might bring pleasure, they might bring satisfaction in the short term, but ultimately they bring barrenness. They cut us off from God. We can't walk with God if we're not being holy. And then Paul expands on this theme of sexual purity in verse 4. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking. They're out of place, he says. But rather thanksgiving. He's not talking about telling jokes here. You know, so, Oh, you know, it's great to have wit and quick-wittedness. Uh, in fact, there are some great Christian um, comedy, com comedians and, and who, who don't swear, they don't bring these things in which are crude or which are just unclean. And what he's saying is any crudeness, obscenity, innuendo, filthy language, language that makes light of sin, jests and, of and jests about impure things. Says, that's, that's, that's wrong. That's just not part of what it means to be in the light. Warren Wearsby said in his commentary, one indication of a person's character is what makes him laugh. And it's true, isn't it? You know, it's, I say, it's not, be, it's not being, nothing wrong, it's great. It's a great gift to be witty and quick-witted. 
But, if that's a dirty wit, or crude, and, and lots, there's lots on the telly that I just, I can't watch. I won't watch. But it's always hard to know when to turn off. I say, I was watching a film the other day, and halfway through, I, came, I became conscious. It was great. I loved the film. In fact, I've watched it in the past before. It didn't trouble me, but it started to trouble me the number of times I said, Oh, Christ. Oh, blaspheme. And I started counting it, and I was thinking, yeah, well, I can't watch this. Do you know the sad thing about it? I watched it. <laughs> I didn't turn off. And at the end, I thought, oh, that was just, I feel soiled. Didn't have the guts, the, the, the courage to turn it off. I, I wanted to watch the end, and, and that was wrong. And I felt, I felt, no, I've got to learn from that. I've got to put that into practice. Got to do something about this. Got to walk in the light. And then, we haven't got time, but just uh, another third no in verse 3. Well, just quickly, let me mention covetousness. Because it is, these things reflect the darkness. Covetousness, greed. I was thinking, actually, you look at that verse, 5 verse 3. There's a connection somehow between impurity and uh, fornication and, and covetousness. I was thinking, what's the connection? It's the, is it the Tenth Commandment? You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. So there's a connection there. But actually, it also refers to greed, coveting things, material things, money, being greedy with food, overeating, it's not about being ascetic or anything like that, but it's about being self-controlled with the Spirit's help and just being under His control. These things are serious to God. It's always, it's always helpful, I think. It's, a, it's an old thing, isn't it? But, you know, to think, well, what would Jesus do? WWJ, what would Jesus do? How would he think? Would he do this? Would he, would he, what would he be doing now? What would, he, would he be thinking like I'm thinking? Would he be watching this? He's watching it with me. Would he, is he happy? All these things. One of the great antidotes, let me bring this to a close, to falling into sin might surprise you. Jez referred to this last time. One of the great antidotes to all of these things, walking in the darkness, is this. Thanks. Being thankful. Let me read verse 3 and 4 just to, to finish off with. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. Be thankful. Let your thanks overflow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the Holy Spirit in me. Thank you that I'm a child of light. Thank you that you're keeping me strong. Thank you that your grace is sufficient for me. Thank you for, give thanks for other people and your circumstances and your situation and what you are in Christ and what you have and what, you take, what we take for granted, our health and our home and our security and our friends and all of those and clean water and all the things that we so often take for granted. 
You know, being thankful will guard and preserve us against walking in the darkness. You are children of light. Are you a child of light? If not, have you ever come to Christ, ever experienced that change in your heart? Then come to Christ this morning. Put your trust in him. And if you have, walk as a child of light. Not, not in the darkness. Be who you are. Live up to your identity. It's the way into fellowship, true fellowship and pleasing God. Let's just be quiet. For a moment. I think I'm going to give an opportunity later. I'll ask the band just to come up if we would. Let's just be quiet, shall we? Just to let these things settle in your mind and Will you right now commit yourself to walk in the light as a child of light? Would you make that commitment? It might be a recommitment to walk as a child of light. So that Jesus, the light of the world, who lives in you, would always be pleased. you would know his power. Lord, help us, we pray. Thank you. Thank you for the light of Christ. Thank you that you've given us desires to please you. Thank you that you, Lord, have come in a new way into our lives. You've done this amazing thing. You've transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light so that we might be children of light. Lord, help us, we pray, to walk as children of light. Help us to have done, Lord, with things we may not, maybe other things, Lord, that we haven't looked at this morning, that your Holy Spirit is prompting us about. Things, maybe attitudes, maybe some relationship issues that we have, which are part of the kingdom of darkness. Maybe some habits, which are not godly. Maybe just feelings about other people. There's, there's loads of things which sometimes just the Holy Spirit just pinpoints and just shines his light on. Then recommit yourself to God, to walk in the light, to have done with the works of darkness. going to sing a song and I'm going to suggest we sit actually for this and it, it may be it may be that you just need to reach